Welcome to the She's Up Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Coach Kimberly International, featuring conversations and actionable insights that equip women in STEM to lead in today's BUCA world. Welcome to the She's Up Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Jackson. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Joyce Bone, COO and co-founder of Soul Microgrid. Joyce's entrepreneurial journey began at age 28 with the founding of EarthCare, an environmental company focused on non-hazardous liquid waste, which she took public on NASDAQ with revenue of $125 million. Joyce has been in the environmental industry for decades in solid waste, recycling, liquid waste, and microgrids. Having seen the end result of waste streams firsthand, she works with corporations to reduce their carbon footprint while driving top-line revenue along with bottom-line savings. Joyce is changing the way businesses handle their energy vulnerabilities. The best way she has found to do this is through microgrids. As a woman in business and a mother of three sons, Joyce wrote Millionaire Moms, The Art of Raising a Business and a Family at the Same Time. She did this to help women juggle the dual demands of family life and work. She's appeared on CNBC's The Squawk Box and in Kiplinger, Money, Women's Day, Forbes, Atlanta Business Chronicle, and CEO magazines for her business acumen. In addition, she has spoken at national conferences as well as internationally. Joyce is always up for a challenge. For Joyce's full bio and links to her book and company information, check out this episode's notes. So Joyce, welcome and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Kimberly. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, it is such a treat to be reunited again. So for our audience, a fun fact is I had the privilege of interviewing Joyce several years ago on the Coach Kimberly show on Blog Talk Radio. Fast forward, and she is still shaping and redefining the world of work for women. So we're going to invite our listeners to take a seat and enjoy our virtual fireside chat and glean some insights from hearing about your journey. So let's begin with what story you'd like to share, um, and then we'll, we'll free flow it from there. Okay, well, I will start with my latest venture, and we can back it up a little bit after that if you'd like to hear about the first one. Uh, Soul Microgrid is my current venture, and we are a Morgan Stanley portfolio company. We were not that when we originally started. We were, as my partner, Matt Ward, and I uh, started out with an idea, and true entrepreneurs. And we were one day away from getting our yes or no from our first customer and the pandemic hit. And we were just like the rest of the world, just floored. And it was double tragic to us because our business, we just saw the, you know, saw the air going right out of it. But fortunately for us, after a month, we were able to rebound in our 
first client decided to move forward. And so we were able to stay in business during a worldwide pandemic and then uh, able to raise money during that time and uh, ultimately become a Morgan Stanley portfolio company. So uh, with this venture, it's been very interesting. It was, it's been completely different than my first venture, EarthCare. Uh, a lot more trials and tribulations on, on this one, but full of learning and excitement. And uh, it's just been an amazing ride. And we're really just getting started and really looking forward to what's going to come in the next five years. Um, so the moral of that story is if we could survive during a worldwide pandemic, there's really nothing that a person that's committed and resilient can't do. And so we are all of that and the rest of our team is, uh, definitely believes in that. And actually a microgrid is all about resiliency. So <laughs> we're in the right field. Um, so that's kind of our story of origin. And then prior to that, uh, I had EarthCare, which was a business that I started with my son, who's now 27. He was two at the time. He was on my hip uh, and I wanted to start a business. And so uh, he, he, I, but I knew that the old way of doing things, which was to go into an office 40 hours a week, wasn't going to work for me in that stage of life. And that is what started my entrepreneur journey. And it never, I was 27 years old and it never occurred to me that I couldn't do what I set out my mind to do. Even though a lot of people told me, you're crazy. What do you know about this? Uh, and I said, well, I know how to take the next right step. And I know the right people will come into my life at just the right time to help me grow this. And uh, I just had a lot of faith that things were meant to work out for me. Uh, and so uh, EarthCare, like I said, we went from zero to 50 million in 18 months and then to 125 million on NASDAQ. Uh, when I left that, I ended up going into the recycling world as a consultant and uh, met you. Coach Kimberly, and during those years, and I was a speaker and wrote the book. And I really wrote the book because I felt like I had grabbed a tiger by the tail. I was a young female in a male dominated business, 100% male. I've always been in male driven businesses, which I always enjoy. Now, I I have three sons and a husband, so I'm used to being around men. And so maybe that's it. But I always look at being female in male-dominated industries as a definite plus, and it gives you an unfair advantage because we definitely think differently than men do. And if applied correctly, you can go far with that. There's so much in there. Where do I want to start? Um, the, when you mentioned resilience, you know, so with the venture that you're in now, Knowing that you you believe in yourself, believe in an idea and a con, you know a concept, and you're proving it out, and you're right at that point of having that first client, which is you know a well known company. Um, I actually helped launch their learning, um, their university many many years ago, and. Just being right on the edge of that and then the not knowing, right? 
I know for people who, who are listening, when you're working towards something and you have your heart set on something, that importance of believing in yourself and being able to be resilient in the face of uncertainty, because none of us knew what we were going to be doing and how business would be redefined going through a pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm on the very tail end of the Xers, but more like a baby boomer. And we've not experienced that, right? It's been a hundred years since something like that went down and tech has changed so much and um, really having the uh, industrial revolution. And um, so having that grit and that resilience what is it about your story and like your story of origin, like about you and, and what shapes and defines you that you think really supported that capability? Because some people might feel like, well, you're either born with it um, or you're not. And, and I'm a big believer of you can develop anything that you're really interested in developing um, in yourself. So what helped define you having that trait um, and that skill in your own toolbox? Well, let me start by saying, I, you know, you have the most likely to succeed in high school. Mm-hmm. That was not me. <laughs> so I was an average, like middle of the road, middle of the class student that loved sports. So I grew up a tomboy. Uh, so I, I don't know if I, that just means I have a lot of energy in me or what, but I was the last person you would think would be in the positions that I've found myself in over time. And frankly, it's kind of shocking to me sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, how did this happen? Um, and so the resilience part was I, my father uh, and my mother, God bless their souls, are both past now. Um, my dad was very much uh, in, you know, had us working all the time. So he created that resilience in me, I believe, just through my work ethic. So you like, you never wanted to get caught sitting down in my house or my dad would have a rake in your hand and no time flat. And uh, my mother was very nurturing. Uh, and she was actually a nun for five years and decided not to go through the ordin- or- ordination three months before it happened. And so I had uh, very interesting parents. And so I get that family first from my mother. And so my whole career as an adult has been based around my family's needs. Uh, and then the resiliency, my dad lost his job. He was like in the first wave of downsizing back in the 80s. And so there were six kids and not much money. So I saw hard times uh, financially with my family and what my parents went through. So that was very much a driver for me. Um, I didn't want to be in that position my whole life. And so basically, I just always had a vision that, and I didn't know it because I remember being young and my sister, we have pictures of her in a nursing uniform at age four you know, playing nurse to her dolls. I never knew what the heck I wanted to be. And so I was just like this bubble floating around, right? Just trying to find my way. And I always knew I was meant to do something great, but had no idea what it was or how I was going to do it. And honestly, I just have walked through life 
with faith in you know, a higher power that wants the best for me. And um, so everything I've ever done has always been for other people. And I think that's part of the value proposition that women <clears throat> especially can bring to the table is that they're other focused most of the time. It's their family or society in general, their community. Uh, so I wanted to accomplish things so I could help other people. And the better I got at what I was doing, the more people I could help. And so in life, I just think with resilience, life will knock you on your butt. And I've been on mine so many times, I can't even tell you bad things, hard things. But you just got to decide, am I going to stay down or am I going to get up? And what's the vision? What do I want to see happen? And I do believe that we all underestimate ourselves as to what's possible. I think there's so much more possible out there. And uh, this week I was, <laughs> was sitting in the ivory towers of Morgan Stanley looking around between two powerhouses having a meeting. And I'm like, how did little Joyce get here? You know, it's like, this is like the epitome of a power moment. And I'm like, wow, this is super cool. And so you'll surprise yourself if you, if you apply yourself and it, it, there's just, you, you can't give up. You can't stop. Sure. You can take a little break every now and again, but you got to keep going. And um, so that's what I do. And then for resiliency, it, you have to take care of yourself. Uh, that I've learned the hard way over the years that if you don't take care of your physical body and your emotional self, it's going to fall apart and you're going to fall apart and your health's going to suffer. And without health, you have nothing. So health truly is wealth. So I think it's from my family of origin where my resiliency comes from. You do have interesting parents <laughs> and and some similarities so my stepdad who to me is my dad who's um unfortunately passed away almost a decade ago and he was a marine and then he was in law enforcement and then he had a construction company but i grew up with you know having a strong clinical background we always had to figure out, well, how would you describe some of that and your, your origins and stuff? And for my stepdad, I would say to people, well, when dad says jump, you say, how high, where to, and what do I bring, sir? So I grew up in a really structured environment, um, but a house full of faith. And my mom used to do the sign language at the church service. That's and she was really, really compassionate. And she wanted to always be there for people. And then she started the tape ministry for the prison. So way back when, when you'd be able to get little cassette tapes, she would make all the copies of the tapes and mail them to different people in prison. And she had started that. and. That came out of a, a massive church now called Central Church of God with Lorraine Livingston out of Charlotte, North Carolina. But I do feel like our parents and how they're wired and the good that's in them feeds us. Because if I, if I didn't have the blend of the discipline and structure, you know, that came from my Marine stepdad, 
Um, but then like the compassion and the empathy and the servant's heart from my mom, you know, bringing those two together. Um, I don't know where I'd be. <laughs> I'd probably be a bubble wandering around too. <laughs> awesome. But, um, but, you know, believing that there is a higher power and that we are here to do good things for other people. Um, I'd love to segue just a little bit um, and talk about your book because I feel like it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be evergreen. It's, 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 you know, so much needed, at least for now, because we do have women for the majority um, having the load of um, domestic things. I think the pandemic actually helped shift some of that in a positive way because when all the kids were at home, everybody was like, we have to really nail this co-parenting thing because we also have to now teach and do a bunch of other things. And so you launching yet another really impactful, like to me, it's like you're a social good, like business with, you know. I believe will be in much demand in very short order with what's going on in the world. Um, But what's that been like as your children have been growing? And I know you now have one son that works with you in this company. So how has some of that shifted running a business and a family? Because family, regardless of their ages, you're always a mom. The mom never goes turned off, right? That's right. Uh, I, I wrote the book for for moms because they're the hardest working people on the planet. And I found that a, a lot of younger moms, you know, it's hard to juggle, right? The, when they're physically little and you're having to manage that. Uh, and then as you age, things change uh, and they become more independent, less needy on you. Uh, however, you know, life happens and, and things come up where you, you know, you still have to help your children. So in, in my situation, my youngest has uh, OCD. And so I've been helping him through that. So even though I'm doing this business, I'm still actively managing, you know, his situation. So just because they get little doesn't mean it necessarily that it always gets easier. It just kind of depends on, I guess, really the luck of the draw as to, you know, whether your child has that sort of problem or another health problem or, but you are always a mom, like you said. So you will drop everything for your children, bottom line. And it's been fascinating working with my oldest son because he was like the one on my hip when I first started Earth care, and now he works for me. And sometimes I have to be like, he's like, he'll say, "Is this choice or is this mom <laughs> when he's talking to me?" <laughs> and I'll be like, "It's choice or you know, it's mom." So uh, we have a kind of a clear line. Uh, so that's always kind of entertaining, and I think it's great because he's watching me from a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not just mom. He sees the value that I, I can bring to the market and that's great for him. And I think that'll impact his future relationships with his you know girlfriends and ultimately wife one day. And 
they'll have a, a strong respect for them as well. Yeah, I was thinking that when you were sharing that, that young men having examples of women, moms that make an impact and yet show up and are there for their families. I know it's, I know it's really challenging. Um, and especially during the pandemic when everyone, you know, the kids had to stay home and stuff. I have several teachers who, I mean, sisters who are teachers. And it was interesting, some of the conversations they would have with parents of students who all of a sudden are like, oh, this is, this is what parenting needs to be when it's been someone, um, you know, that's been super, super busy and not as engaged. And so I know a lot of families who are actually very appreciative of that time because of that bonding and redistribution of responsibilities, especially some domestic things. With my husband, he's uh, always been 50-50 with me, so... That really helps. And that's one thing about starting a business. If you're a female, uh, you really do need to get buy-in from your spouse so that they understand that if you're going to do this, there's going to be a shift in expectations on who does what. Otherwise, you'll have resentments build up and that's not healthy for you and it's not healthy for your relationships. Oh, absolutely. So one other thing, too, that you mentioned that I kind of went through a similar journey around health is wealth. You know, when I was younger, especially coming up at ING, you know, when I'm in my corporate days, I felt like I was invincible. I didn't need much sleep. I could eat junk and, you know, just. And I was successful, right? I was making it happen. And then as I age, realizing like, oh, I might need a little bit more sleep. I might need to, you know, fuel my body with good things. And because I I have this, I have a couple mottos, but one is you can't give away what you don't have. Yeah. So we need to take care of ourselves, right? in order to really show up and be in, you know, best service to others. Um, I know we were both in the pre-show room talking about the motto, she believes she could, so she did. Um, and I definitely think of you um, when I hear that. Um, and so when you were talking about that, is there any particular tip or insight you would share for the busy working mom who has a growth mindset and is looking at how do I do all these things? Yeah, sure. I would suggest um, that life is a marathon and not a sprint. I remember when my children were little, I was sitting on the floor driving cars and thinking about all the other fun things I could do, be doing business-wise, right? Like to me, that's like, I, that's my happy place. And then I had to recenter myself to say, 
this is a flash in time and I need to be here right now and be present. And so don't wish that time away. And you always hear the older ladies saying, oh, you'll blink and it'll be over. And you're thinking, I wish I could just get freaking eight hours of sleep and that would be awesome, let alone blinking and it being over. But it, it really is like that um, once, once you reach that. So I would say try to take a breather and not force things. Uh, I, I believe life happens in its own cadence. And again, it's the right people coming in at the right time. And you can push and push and push. I'm really good at that. Uh, <laughs> but you don't, you don't get the result until the time is right. So enjoy the ride is what I would say um, for the young moms. And then again, health and people underestimate sleep. I know I always did. <laughs> so truly, if you, I actually heard this the other day that the magic hours of sleep for regenerative uh, cells and all that is from nine to midnight. I was like, I had no clue, no clue at all. And uh, so I know that seems like a dream itself to a busy mom. They say, oh, I can go to bed at nine. Yeah, right. But uh I actually, the other night I did fall asleep then and I got up at five and I felt fantastic. And I was like, this is awesome. So don't underplay sleep, use healthy habits. Like I, you know, it used to be wine at night. Now it's get up at five, six in the morning, go hit the pool. I go swimming every day for 35 to minutes to an hour at the Y. So Monday through Friday, I'm at the YMCA swimming and I used to not like to swim because my hair would get wet and it was cold. <laughs> but then the doctor told me, you know, you really need to fix this. I had like flattened cortisol. I'm like, that doesn't sound good. So anyway, so I was sort of forced into making a decision. And I can tell you, if you live a healthy lifestyle, it's so hard because you really have to reevaluate everything. But once you get there, you just one good habit on top of the other, you feel so great. You don't even mm -hmm. want to go back to your old ways. And um, so young moms, just give yourself a pat on the back and know your time is coming. Well, I always like to wrap up the show by asking the question, what are you currently reading? Oh my goodness. <laughs> There's probably multiples. I, I'm the worst. You should see my nightstand. I have like 20 books. And so depending on what I'm interested in that night, whether it's health or business. Um, so I, I'm reading a lot of books on health right now because I'm actively trying to get, you know, super fit, like my 40-year-old Joyce. Um, and then... I'm trying to think. I like to listen to videos too when I can because I find it sometimes at the end of a long work day, the last thing I want to do is read because I'm taxed out, right? It's been a long day. So I'll listen to um, YouTube and uh, what's his name? His name is Brett. Ben. Ben Harding. I like him a lot. He has quick little chips. He's a psychiatrist psychologist by training and he's an author and he's very good I really like him and so that's a good one for everybody to check him out thank you and I, I appreciated the tip on the book you recommended for me um, 
kiss, bow, or shake hands. So, right. um, so for anyone working globally, uh, that's a I think that's going to be a good one. So I appreciate it. And I'm actually, the the one I'm primarily reading right now is Tony Robbins' Life Force, which is about health. And um, I found my, uh, a physical trainer through that book that I really liked. So it's just fascinating because it's about what's happening now so that you could just be youthful to the the end of your days rather than, you know, shuffling through life. So I plan to be vibrant and active until my last breath, whenever that happens. All right. Well, you go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Joyce, thank you so much for, I know you're always doing things. So I appreciate you generously donating time to pour into other women advancing in leadership and in different STEM fields and for what you're doing, you know, with your work. Um, I'm very passionate about climate. So I just want to personally thank you um, for what you and your partner are doing. Well, thank you. Uh, it's, it's our pleasure. And um, I thank you for having me on the show. It's been great, especially catching up with you after so much time. So appreciate it. That's it for this episode of the She's Up Leadership Podcast. As always, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can subscribe to She's Up on Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, Alexa, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host and executive producer, Dr. Kimberly Jackson, founder and principal of Coach Kimberly International. Special thanks to our marketing manager, Sandy Lomas, and to audio engineer Joseph Keenan with Short Stack Studios in New York. We invite you to join us in our commitment to advancing women in leadership in STEM fields. To learn more about the She's Up movement, visit us at coachkimberly.com. <laughs>